check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent here with Craig, Tim, and Nick. In this episode, we're going to look back at the Michigan matchup as well as the Charleston Classic. And then we'll look ahead to our one game on Thanksgiving weekend, guys. It was an up-and-down week for St. John's basketball. Hopefully it was not an up-and-down week for you guys. It was a packed week for St. John's basketball. I feel like it was, you know, on every day, which was great. Uh, that was not bad. I'll take that. You know, that's always nice. Uh, I had a busy week. I had a work week. I was in Atlantic City for a conference, so that was fun. But, but Light busy. on the work, heavy on the Atlantic City. Heavy Tim? on the, yeah. Uh, for me, it was, uh, I mistakenly bet on St. John's uh, for two games. <laughs> I mean, you, and uh, you can guess which ones I bet on. Tim, <laughs> Tim no better than that. You Come on. You're... I know. I, I got you got enough invested in it. You don't need. I know. Why invested in it too? I, I've been. Uh, I've been hitting. <laughs> Nick's looking you're at the reason. Button. You're the reason why we lost. <laughs> yeah, probably. This is all on you, Tim. Po- quite possibly. Call yes. Patino right now. <laughs> Apologize. 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 I made Chris Lillum miss those. Uh, miss those rotations all those times. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Over and over again. Yep. Uh, my my week was good. I mean, I. Uh, I play in a wood bat baseball league, and our, our team made the championship. So uh, nice. you know, next week, if you, anybody wants to follow the Jersey Shore vibes, we got an Instagram page. So come follow the boys. Oh, there you go. Happy birthday, too, Nick. Oh yeah, happy oh, birthday! Yeah. Happy birthday. birthday! It was my birthday this past week. I'm... We had a delicious dinner at Benihana for his birthday. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, Benihana was lit on his actual birthday. It was there was no one around. No offense, not that there was no one around, but I happened to be around. I was in Atlantic City. You only need to hear one statement about our, how our meal went, and you will know how incredibly delicious the food was, okay? The chef, for the first time ever at Benihana, I've ever seen, I've been there how many times? Hundreds of times, many right? Times, many times. Every year. Our chef time, created, with the egg, a flamingo picture on the grill. With, like, I saw with it. grass I've never and a sun. It was uh, so crazy. It, just from that alone, I knew I was in for a great meal. It, it, it literally, the picture was spectacularly... Done. You he like at first I was like, what is this guy doing? He's drawing flamingos. Yeah. He's got a sun, some grass growing out of the ground. I was like, my food is going to be absolutely fire. You know what else we did? Got our guy created a normally they create the little tower of onions. Oh, yeah, yeah, our yeah. guy created choo-choo. what kind of looked like a nuclear power plant. <laughs> yeah, literally he took no, two. Literally. It was two onions. One was up, the other was on top of it, but in the other direction. Like an hourglass. Incredible. Incredible! Uh, oh, so it created like a cool the, funnel uh, effect. Yeah. I, it was great. So he made the uh, nuclear power plant from the Simpsons. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that's exactly what it looked like. It was inc- it was great. It was it was, a, it was a great Benihana experience. You know, highly you know it was a funny Benihana experience too. The one Nick was away at school. And we went out to dinner on Nick's birthday. Oh, yeah. For Nick's birthday. Yeah, and without, like, without Where Nick. is he? And we're like, without, oh, he's actually oh, he, not, he's here. not here. We went we out took in a honor picture, though. of his birthday. They brought the candle out. Yeah. We took a picture. They loved it. They thought That's it was a hilarious thing. That yeah. and our, uh, our cheap lunch we got <laughs> at uh, Benihana's. If you don't know, Benihana's half off during lunch. Except uh, it's half price during lunch. Except that if you order... You know, multiple things on yeah, top of if it. You, if, you double, if you double up your drinks, order, it doesn't it doesn't make it, doesn't it, any, make cheaper. it any cheaper. No, we oh, all, we well, all but it was eight dollar lunch. It wasn't. Oh no, it wasn't delicious. It's still not the most I've ever spent on one meal. Craig Applebee's following a St. John's game in Queens. At Queens, in yeah. Queens. Anyone who's ever been out half to the, the Queen tough. half apps and half apps. Yeah, imagine that. Me and Craig, we we sat down there after. I don't know what was it. What, what game we was lost. It? Well, I know we lost, but I don't remember. <laughs> what, I don't even remember. I don't remember. I don't know. We didn't watch Boise State lose, and the worst loss Boise State's had in the past twenty years. Uh, we sat through the entire thing and and spent seventy five dollars in half each. apps each. each in beverages, half apps and beverages. That's a that's a that's a boys' night. 
That's solid. I, I, at that's Apple, a, let me tell you, at Applebee's, that's, you, you, we committed. We committed. Uh, it was a hell of a move. Anyway, all right. Let's get into some St. John's basketball. Lots to talk about. A lot to talk about. A lot of games. Four I, games. As I said in the last podcast, Feast Week is my favorite part of the early season. Better than opening week because there's just so much games. I'm just so, so hungry many for games. basketball, baby. Well, not only that, it's, there's games in the afternoon. We played at 1.30 on a Thursday. Spectacular. No better way to get out of work or avoid work than watching basketball, right? I mean, That's 100%. On. There's it, games at 11.30 a.m. It's great. Yeah, it's great. It is. And this week's better, this week's by better, the way. This week's true. better because you're off for a lot of the days and the, the games continue all through the night. And Even late. Them. They got late night games, which is great. Yeah, great. absolutely. And the Maui Invitational is coming up. Maui Invitational. Great. Maui Invitational is always good, and this field is insane. Shout out to Maui. Obviously going through a rough time. They're having it in, in, in uh, uh, Oahu. Yeah, having because a of the, yeah. The, the fires. Fires, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but great matchup there. Gonzaga is playing uh, they have th- Purdue. They, have they start three, with Purdue. They have three top five teams. Yeah. Wow, I didn't it's, realize that. It's Purdue. It's Marquette. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. Gonzaga and Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, four, and then in the other teams, oh, yeah, UCLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Marquette plays UCLA. Yeah, at, it's their first game. Star-studded. Yeah. Wow. It's, the other teams are good, too. I can't even think of They're not bad. Well, I mean, the Citadel, obviously. They, sure. they play Kansas. Oh, sorry, Chaminade plays oh, Kansas. Yeah, Kansas is in that Chaminade too. plays Kansas. Wow. Yeah. Oh Kansas is, yeah. That is insane. Oh, yeah, the Maui invitation was wild. Yeah. Hey, yo, yeah. don't, Citadel, don't sleep on Citadel. It's, it's Chaminade. Citadel has never been. I can't speak for Chaminade. I misspoke. But also, it's the Citadel. It's, it's, and, and they're in the South Carolina. And they're in the <laughs> South Carolina. It was a, it was a misspeak, misspeak on my part. It was a uh, shaman. I was at school. I was thinking of. Right. Anyway, uh, but another great week. We have to go back a little further before Feast Week really started. Feels like a long back. time ago. It was a long time ago, and it was a quite unfortunate time. It was our first game in the Garden this season, and a quite unfortunate eighty-nine to seventy-three loss to the Michigan Wolverines. We looked. Uh, like the St. John's of old, to be completely honest, thirty-six percent from the field, thirty-three percent from three, fifty-nine uh, percent from the free throw line. That is not the Rick Pitino team we expected, not the Rick Pitino yeah. team we were looking for, and certainly not the Madison Square Garden opening that we had hoped for. No, it definitely was. I mean, the atmosphere was electric at the beginning. Yeah, for the first um, like, eight and minutes. the crowd was very pro St. John's. I'm going to be real honest in in a. In a good way. I mean, yeah. the stadium was, I would say, like 90% St. John's. It felt like, at least. And even that was with even Michigan with playing really well. Absolutely. Um, so if St. John's had, had you know, if we had, if we had played really well that night, it would have been extremely loud. But, so that's a good sign. So I'm going to take that as the one positive. Was that it the was crowd very was pro there. St. John's, and there was packed. Uh, there are obviously not a lot to cheer about after the beginning. After the first game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then uh, we started playing isolation ball, and then we got back into, you know, we were the grad transfers, and we're guys who were scorers and did everything on the other team. So I'm just going to take over the game, and we stopped yeah. playing team basketball. Yeah, we, we it, it was not. I think we saw in that game that listen, there's a lot of talent on this team, right? Tons, but it's a matter of them meshing together, and that didn't happen in the Michigan game, and it's going to take time for that to happen. But I do think that this was a perfect example of what happens when a lot of Talented guys don't mesh, you know, and, yeah. and, it, and it can and it can result in a, you know, a pretty sloppy, sometimes uh, upsetting loss. Sometimes it takes time, you know. I mean, we we got fourteen new guys, and then it takes it takes a lot of time to mesh together. It doesn't always take a day. Actually, in Rick, this is a little bit forward, but Rick Pitino talked about that in, his, in the press conference against Utah. Actually, to be uh, not not saying you in particular, I think people are just expecting too much of these guys, and I don't. 
There are 14 new people. Not one person has played for me. Not one person. These two guys just played against each other. Dreza didn't play. So you, you got Joel. They, they, none of these guys played together. It's going to take some time. You watch Connecticut today. They, it's a, they're an offensive machine. They know how to cut, when to cut, what to do. But they've played together for so long. These guys have not. So I think patience uh, is a virtue. I, I know in New York that's that's not a word that anybody has. Geno Smith can attest to that. Um, you know, there's no such a thing in New York as patience. Well, you know, they wrote him off, but he didn't write back. Geno Smith getting a little pop there from Rick Pitino. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, I think Rick hits, hits the nail on the head there. These guys, there needs to be a little bit of patience. Now, now I'm not giving a lot of patience, right? I, I, we are from, you know, mm-hmm. New Jersey and New York, and we do expect to win. So there is going to be a little bit of growing pains. There's going to be times where we don't mesh. Uh, that's what the out-of-conference is for, right? That's why we play these early games. And the hope is that by the time we hit the middle of December and we play Xavier for the first Big East game, we've now reached a point where we're meshed and we're growing and we're firing on all cylinders. Yeah, come Big East time, we really have to be locked in, and that's really got to be the, the, the turning point. Like, we, we have good competition in the non-conference, but we don't have the toughest competition in the country. This will be a good time for us to get some good looks at some good teams as, as we have, you know, throughout the Charleston Classic and all that, but... By the time the Big East comes, that's when we should really be tightened up and a team. If we're not a team, come the beginning of the Big East, it's not going to be a fun Big East season for us. Yeah, I think also Michigan is better than they were pre- previously expected to be. I they mean, were they, expected to finish 11th. Yeah, this, they didn't look like I that. can tell you. I mean, they looked better. They than looked that. a lot better than that. I mean, Doug McDaniel really was just I mean, we'll, square we'll, well. It was yeah, it was we'll, a tough game. It we'll was, see how it turns out. But we'll, we'll I, I think they're going to be better I, than that. It was a tough game, but uh, without their head coach. Without their head coach, they had Phil Martelli, who to hear him say that uh, the the Garden is the second best uh, basketball country court in the country. The Palestra is number one. Sure, Stop. whatever. I Phil mean, Martelli. he's a Philly guy. What do you expect? I know, right? I, know I know, but I had to bring it up. I mean, Homer. come on now. Yeah. By the way, Michigan can't can't complain too much about their coaching staff when your backup coach is Phil Martelli. Guys has the yeah. most wins in St. Joe's history. For sure. I mean, for sure. I think he may yeah, have the most wins of any of the five Philadelphia schools. Tell you the truth, I think that's uh, maybe Fran Dumphy, but but yeah, I I think he has more to tell you the truth. I, yeah, no, I, he probably don't remember that. Anyway, does. um, I, you know, I it's it's okay. I, it's it was a it was disappointing at the it time. It was a tough game. It Fortunately, was, it was just tough because it was our first game in the Garden. That's, we wanted yeah. to come out. It was national, the big time. I think that's what made it so up. disappointing, right? Yeah. yeah if yeah. it wasn't that, and also the first eight minutes, we looked. We were like, we looked like we got this. We looked, yeah, yeah, and then it just fell apart. Yeah. Also, we selfishly. We, um, where we sat, we were literally, if the entire, most of the garden was red, 90% of it was red, you drew a circle of yellow around us, and oh, that geez. was, like, half of the Michigan. It, was, I, it happens to us all the time. I it was I don't ridiculous. Really understand it. They need to do a better job of making sure season tickets are grouped together uh, in the garden. They don't do a very good job of that. That is something they need to work on. Yeah. And, yeah, and I know there's a lot I of resale. People, I think people sell. Well, I know there's a lot of resale. Honest, sure, but you, yeah, but it happens too regularly yeah, in yeah, in yeah, sections yeah. that are definitely season well, tickets. That, that's the row in front of us is always sold. So. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's my, true. my guess is that's probably single. That's probably, yeah, probably single, single tickets though, because there, there's no way it happens so repeatedly. You know what I'm saying? True. I think anyway. All right. Well, going back to what Nick was talking about. Fortunately, we had a lot of time to bounce back because we went right into. The Charleston Classic. We talked about this group of team last week. There's a lot of good teams in this field, and we started with North Texas, who I think we, on our podcast, overlooked. 
But I think on the court, our guys certainly overlooked as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, after coming off the Michigan loss, you were hoping to get a real uh, good punch with North Texas, and it was closer than I would have liked, which definitely uh, didn't you know calm any of my fears after the Michigan <laughs> game for sure. That's a for, wins a wins a wins. Oh, but, a win. but hey, but, we but, won. That's, that's true. true. But th- this is also a team. As again, I we we no no not gonna. This is a team that won the NIT last year. Yeah, but we. Sh- I mean, look, they, listen, got, a, they got a new coach that, and they got a lot of new coach. They got six new players. Yeah, listen again. This is a team we should have beat by more, which we did, but we won. What we won. You know, at the end of the day, you win. At the end of the day, it's college basketball, not college football. You win the game, you win the game. What you don't like to see is twenty six percent from three. No, not great. Not and thirty four percent from the field is gross. I mean, gross, yeah. gross day right there. We're not going to win most games if we shoot that. North no. Texas is a very good de- defensive team, and they showed that because both teams, there were like, I think there were like a couple seven-minute stretches where like neither team scored. Like, it was just a rock fight is the best way to say it. Yeah. Like Nick said, whenever you're shooting as poorly as we shot, it's going to be hard to beat teams. You know, And hopefully uh, yeah. you don't have many yeah. days like that. Uh, but we won. But we won. But we won. We won, and we got we to move won. on to the next day. Uh, where we played Dayton. Dayton, a team projected to win the A-10. Uh, talented team for sure, and, you know, they got the best of us. 88-81 to 81 took us down. Better shooting, 48% yeah. from the field, uh, 38% from three, a little closer to the number we're looking for. That's nearer our average for this season so sure. far. Uh, but, you know, we, it wasn't enough to get over the hump, you know? Dayton is a very good team. Um, as you said, pick to win the A-10. They're a solid team. Dayton always has a very good program. They have a great fan base. The fans were there in, like, full force. If, I don't know, they certainly the were. It was yeah. loud like, for Dayton. Dayton. Was, it felt like a Dayton home game. I mean, it was – and there was there was a great – Johnny's Continues always down there. Shout out to everybody that went down to Charleston. That, that was loud, but there was a lot of Dayton Flyers fans there. Um, so, and Dayton shows out really well. They generally always do. This is a better – I thought a better effort. We, we played really well for – you know, tw- for like 25, 26 minutes of this game, we were leading, we were in it, it was back and forth. And then we kind of fell apart, we let it fade a little bit. I think we got maybe ran out of gas a little bit. Um, you know, definitely a better though, definitely better. I mean, Soriano obviously was Soriano 21 I mean, points, nine rebounds. He's yeah. a monster. He had a tough matchup with Deron Holmes. He the did. second he's Deron Holmes is like a is an NBA prospect, so he yeah, he's a good look at a very good talent. Yeah, no, they, look, they, they have they've they're very good. They're good. I mean, they're so supposed to win. Roughly, the they're supposed to win. There. And and you know they they ended up losing to Houston in the championship. But you know they're a team that a lot of people, if you listen to the to TV and you listen to you know talk of college basketball, they're a team that most people think actually have a shot at a at large bid from the A10, which right. is very it doesn't happen all that much. Yeah. I think the A10 gets a little bit of a bad rep. They're a good. They used to get in more at large bids, but they haven't recently. They're a good basketball conference. Yeah. They are. yeah. Um. But their team that said that that people say, listen, you know, they they may not have to win the A ten to get in the tournament. So the future Big East team, what do you think? Listen, we should have added that them would before. Make so much. Sense. We should have added. Didn't make a lot of sense. They're not me. Catholic. That's the only. Listen, I'm not. I'm just telling you why we haven't added them yet. By the way, you add them, we absolutely should because they host the first four every year every and they year, make yeah. a lot of money from doing that. Yeah, just I just, add some nice revenue to the conference. I think Dayton has a good fan base. They're generally very good. They would be an ad. They're, I'm okay with. I, I I think would 
add to the conversation. I mean, you have to add someone else with them. Obviously, you're not just adding them by themselves. But well, you wouldn't because we're at 11 yeah, right now. Yeah, I was going to say 12 is okay. You can add them one at a time. Dayton's also a f- basketball first school. They're a well, basketball yeah. first school, and that is that's important. Huge. That's and, the and, most important factor. So Dayton is actually a school that I, it, when we're talking about expansion, not that they actually are, but Dayton would be a school that I, like, look at their fan, their fan base. They have a good fan base. They spend a lot. That, Dayton would be a school that I think would, would Great arena, fit in the way. Big East. They would fit. In, they, they're a good fit for us. They're uh, also yeah. in that, they're in the footprint. You know, they are in well, our general they, footprint. They do help connect. Like, they help connect Creighton and Marquette a bit yeah. more. Yeah. You know? DePaul. Well, DePaul is out. I know, and, and Butler are out there. What I'm saying is they help bridge no, that yeah. gap a little more, right? Yeah. Get a they bring Ohio into it, which is kind of creates the connection throughout. We'd have to see what from, Xavier, Xavier probably not thrilled about it, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but, you know, Fair. anyway, that's, that was just, right. I was just thinking about, I was thinking about when I was watching the Dayton game. I'm like, you know, at some point in the future, this could be a Big East matchup. It could be. Maybe. Who knows? Listen, I, I think it would be a good addition. Well, Joel Soriano certainly had his handful because he got uh, got a seven-footer on Sunday when we went up against Utah. Uh, this is what we expected from this team from the get-go, right? 91-82 to 82 victory. Yeah. Now, I think there were certainly times where we took our foot off the gas, uh, but we played extremely well in certain spurts we did. to the point where you were going. We, I mean, at one point we hit three threes in a row. Right, oh, yeah, yeah. which like, we were on n- not for nothing. When was the last time St. John's <laughs> hit three threes in a row? But it's you know we looked like the offensive team we expected coming into the season. Yeah, I mean this after after a week of like up and down, this game really made you feel good. It really makes you come off the week feeling feeling good about where we're coming, where we're gonna be because we looked good. We shot very. We shot amazing from the field. We moved the ball well. The defense was. Good. I know we gave eighty two points, but. The defense looked much better, much more connected. There was more communication, I think. Overall, I think it was a, it was a really much better performance. I think, I think Patino's approach kind of helped the defense as well. Soriano only played 13 minutes in that first half. It was interesting. As a way to limit his possibilities of fouls, which it... it I mean, listen, he, he's on paper, right? Best player on the team. Sure. Interesting approach to say, you know what, i got to take my guy out. Because he has such a tough battle down low. They did. I mean, it was super interesting because they did have they have two seven-footers, right? So Joel's going to have his hands full all day. So to keep him only at one foul through the first half, the second half he was able to be much more aggressive. It was a very interesting strategy. And because we were, he was able to do that because we were winning, right? Correct. We played well enough. The rest of the, of the team played well enough that they didn't need Joel in there on every play. So they were able to whatever throughout. And Joel, frankly, outplayed both seven-footers. Not close. He yeah. played amazing oh, defense. Yeah, he, he didn't foul them. Like he was playing straight up, you know, hands up, Good blocking, defense. and where right. they were missing shots, which is hard to do down low because they were getting good position. But he, especially when you're seven foot down low, yeah. I mean, and he, yeah, but Joel just played a great game. He blocked shots. He was, and he, you know, he, he just he was Joel. Joel Soriano. He was Joel Soriano. Now double double twelve as, and fifteen. As I you mean, said, just, we shot fifty percent from three. Right, we that, did. That's a huge and and it's oh, not it's like we, be, yeah. we we shot thirteen of twenty six. That's a lot of threes and we hit a lot of them. We almost hit our uh, our record. 16. Fifty. Yeah, wrong. sixteen is our we, record. We, came we made close. it. We tied it at Tulane when I was close. manager. Fifty three percent from the field too. Right. Yeah. We had a great day shooting. Like I said, this is the offense we expected from Rick Pitino's team. Yeah. This is the offense we were hoping for. And when that happens, it allows Joel Soriano to go. And play defense against two seven footers and dominate. And Jordan Dingle coming out party today for sure. Um, he dominated the game offensively. He was shooting, making a lot of threes. Highlight dunk. I don't know if you eighteen points. 
Yeah, I mean the dunk is also was spectacular. He split the defenders right in the middle, big dunk over two seven or right in between seven footers. Amazing. Dingle looked great. Was the score? You know, he we know he could score, right? We always knew he could score, and he hadn't really gotten into the flow yet. But tonight he got in the flow. He yeah, really did. got in the flow tonight. Today was definitely his day. Uh, what what worried the only that worried me, but then we looked really good after it. We came out of the half, and then in the first four minutes they had an eleven zero run, and then after that we. Got the media timeout, and then we came out with eleven two run ourselves. So we had a lot a of runs. Worries. We yeah. did have a lot, a lot of runs, runs. Yeah. but and when you have runs, it's good. But then the drought, the when the droughts come, so many runs, baby. The, uh, yeah, but the uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, now listen. It, it, the, the concern was we got up seventeen at one point, uh, but we only won by nine, right? So we, we we like I said, took our foot off the gas. We did at the and end of the game. For the sure. fear with that is sure y- you're doing it against Utah, who's a good team. Uh, you know. How does that work in other situations, right? We can't get complicit being, okay, we've scored enough points to win the game. Can't right, do that no, yeah. Well, gotta, it's just, finish, just not a thing. you got to finish you know, finish the, the job. That's that, right. That was a lot That's of our right. problem with the past, you know, uh, in the past years. We've had an issue I, with easing up on the gas. I think that's something that comes with gelling and, and you know, coaching. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, I think Coach Bettina will get them into a point where that's not happening. Uh, but, again, that goes back to... What you know? What he talked about in the press conference. What we talked about. These guys are still getting together. They're still trying to form you know their identity as a team. Uh, and you know, I think as time goes along, we'll see maturity in areas like that. I no, I entirely agree. One guy I also wanted to shout out from this game is Naheem Aline, who I think yeah. gave a, a great spark off the bench. He also he can stroke it from three. I mean, he really can. If he steps back, he he's good. He really can play, and he played really well. He hadn't played as much throughout the early parts of the week, but I think he he's a good player. He's going to be a good player for us going on the stretch off the bench. He can shoot really well and play and plays good, really good defense. So I just wanted to shout him out because he had a great game, 10 points today. All right, good shout-out there, Craig. Let's As we're doing shout-outs, let's take a look. Spotlight player of the week time. Uh, a lot of games to look over, so there's a lot of opportunity here. Uh, you know, Tim, you weren't here last time. Uh, we had the struggles with Craig on week one. And the struggles with Craig on the question. Now, Nick, I'm oh, sorry, with Nick number two. So, Tim, I'm coming to you first. You're a spotlight player of the week. Give me something good. Uh, I mean, if you listen to the previous season and uh, listen to the people I've picked, oh boy, it uh, it always rhymes with Yoel <laughs> Noriano. So, uh, my pick will be. Joel Soriano. Uh, you know, Tim, I had such high hopes, right? I was like, wow, Craig and Nick, just so terrible. They just, they give me nothing. And then you walk in and you just give me the same vanilla every time you do the spotlight player of the week. I give you the best vanilla. That's equal Ugh. to a double-double every week. <laughs> he was the consistent factor in each and every game. He's the guy who's shooting high percentages. He's the guy who's grabbing the rebounds. He's the guy who's doing... Big things on defense because we're missing rotations. He's the guy, even in the losses, that is a huge part of making these guys push harder. He's the captain. He runs the team. All right, Tim. Just pick the best player every time. I understand. All right, Craig, who's your you can spotlight come, you can come player? come to me, but I'm going to say the same thing. I mean, <sighs> what, when you look at the whole week, right? I mean, look, if you're talking about certain games, there may be different people. But if you look at the consistent over the course of the week, it has to be Joel Soriano. And, and last week, none of us voted for him. So I think we all feel bad about that. But 
But no, this week, I think it, it, you have to. He dominated really in every game, even the games, as Tim said, that we lost. He, he, he played very well. So it's got to be Joel Serena this week. All right. Now we're going to go to Nick, who loves big men, and he's going to let me down. Pause. I'm not going to let you down because I'm not picking Serena. I'm picking the other big man, Ejiofor, who in Dayton showed out <laughs> off the bench. What? What's the laughter about? What, you don't like Edge of Four? Nick, I got it. I just I just didn't see it coming. That's all I got to say. I just didn't see it coming. Hey, I got to keep you guys on your toes. Zuby. You know what I mean? All right. Zuby Edge of Four in the Dayton game showed out off the bench. He showed that he can be a very uh, reliable and sturdy, in my opinion, a very reliable and sturdy backup for Soriano. And when he gets in foul trouble and when we're playing in the Big East, he's going to be a very crucial piece of our team. More than we realize right now, I think. I mean, our yeah, front, our front like, court is thin. So. I like that turn there. Now, you, you you secured the victory for Joel Storiano as the Spotlight Player of the Week with that vote. Because uh, I will not be voting with you. Uh, I'm going to go with Danish Jenkins. Hmm. That, I mean, I think that he is just a consistent, strong player. I mean, you look at his lines from the past weeks, right? I mean, obviously, Joel had, had, you know, had the most points in... In any of the games by having 21, but Jenkins had 19 against Utah, right? Yeah. He had 12 against Dayton. He had 17 against North Texas. He had 10 against Michigan, right? Not Maybe he's not the most flashy guy, uh, but he's a guy who gets it done. And he's a guy who is out there in our in our guard position doing what needs to be done in the front court uh, so that Joel Soriano can play you know, down low. And I, I, that's why I think he was the player of the week. De- Jenkins definitely had a really good game, especially against Utah. Yeah, uh, he did. Um, but I he, still think Joel Soriano. <sighs> it is uh, Joel Soriano because you got you got you got two votes. So he's right. the spotlight player. Joel Soriano. Start the tally. He's got one so far. Spotlight player of the week. Last week we had a tie, so nobody got it. We gave it to Joel Soriano after. No, we didn't. I, I, I don't. I, said I don't agree with that. Joel Soriano. If nobody wins, nobody either. wins. You you don't get a trophy just because nobody. We couldn't come to a consensus. Rick Pitino is the spotlight person of the. There week. you go. <laughs> All right, he was yeah. If only we can get that Rick Pitino uh, tournament going. Right? We got to we got to schedule that out. It's in the works. It's, we're working on it. We're working on. It. We're, we're we're talking to our people. Our people are talking to other people. We're trying to get the uh, Rick Pitino tournament. Uh, but speaking of tournaments, next year, big announcement. We're going to Bahamar. Bahamar Bahamas tournament. Uh, Pack your book your flights. Room. Book your flights now. Great field, by the way. Virginia, Tennessee, Baylor, and us. It's wow. a it's just a semifinal championship really type tournament. Uh, it's great. It, it's at the Bahamar Resort down there, which is uh, a beautiful resort. Beautiful resort. Uh, the Bahamas I hear are beautiful. I've never been, uh, but it should be a fun one. I think it will be a good early test. Right. This is what we want from Rick Pitino. This is what Rick Pitino wants. Big tests at the beginning of the season, and this tournament puts us with two of the past four national champions. Coach Patino actually touched on this in his post-game press conference after the Utah win. Get us ready for the piggies, but these guys didn't leave Harvard and Penn to play that non-conference schedule. They, they came to play in Madison Square Garden and to play these great teams. That's what they wanted to showcase their abilities and play. They didn't want to play... Uh, some teams that they'll buy games. Um, so, you know, we're never going to do that here at, at St. John's. We're never going to open up with four teams that we should beat. Uh, we're going to play, like I told you, we're trying to open up with Alabama next year. We're trying to play Duke in the, uh, we're trying to play all of them to get ready for, uh, Kevin Willard did that at Seton Hall, and I think he had a great formula 
in getting Seton Hall to the NCAA. Obviously, Patino, in, in that press conference, he's sitting next to Ledlam and Dingle there uh, from Harvard and Penn is who he's talking about. But it, those, you know, that co- that tournament is part of what Rick Patino is talking about. If we start the season with Alabama and we play Duke in the U.S. Tennis Center, and now we've got, you know, games against Tennessee, Baylor, or Virginia, I, you're looking at a non-conference schedule that's going to be extraordinarily highly ranked yeah. and going to be games that get you prepared for the NCAA yeah. tournament. It's true. You develop good habits. You play tough teams. And look, you're not going to win all of those games. When you right. play good right. teams, you don't win all those games. But you, you learn something. And going into the tournament, that helps you going forward the best year. You know, going out and blowing out the 250th best team in the country yeah. is fine once in a while. Because you do need some warm-up games to gel together. But doing that on a consistent basis, that doesn't prepare you for the regular right. season. It's, are- like, it's like what Davidson did. Davidson played when when Steph Curry was there. They played all. They yeah, played in a yeah. lot of you know early season. They did buy games, and then they met him in the tournament. Yeah, you need you do need a few of those games just because you do need to keep your win count up, right? You need right, to make right. sure you have enough wins to make the tournament. Fair. But but you you can play. You can certainly reduce the number. You can play four of those games, right. three of those games throughout or, the entire non conference. Or we could just win some of them games. Well, I mean, you're certainly counting on beating the good teams. But but listen. I don't think anyone would be opposed to playing, you know, a game against Fordham, a game against Hofstra, you know, one game against a team like Stony Brook and Ho- Holy Cross, right? You play, if those were the four, only four bye games, or you played two, or you played three, people are going to go, okay, it's not going to hurt you, Everybody right? Everybody plays those games. Everybody plays those yeah. games. And to be honest, those games do have some importance as well. I don't, I don't buy the full, you know, you shouldn't do that at all. I think those games have their thing because they are games where you can try out different stuff, right? I can try out a different line of players. Sure. I can try out this knowing, in most cases, yeah. I'm going to be able to handle this team regardless. So I, I do think there's a spot for those. But I listen, any time where you can build your schedule to a place where it's going to give you the biggest benefit at the end of the year, you should do it. And clearly, Rick Pitino's trying to do We're that. We're talking about a monster schedule next year. If, that, I mean, that, if he puts that his is, schedules together, if it, <laughs> that is a tough schedule. I mean, you start with Alabama, probably. you're playing Duke, you got those teams. Our out-of-conference has, you know, routine, we're going to have somebody with the Big Ten's done, right? The Gavit tip-off's yeah, that's done. It, that's we do have over. the Big 12, though. We're going to have a game so in the Big, Big 12. 12 game, yeah. uh, so we have, still have a Big 12 game. With, I, without the Big Ten game, we'll have an extra. We'll have an extra. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah. that may be the Alabama or Duke game. Yeah, probably Duke. Yeah, yeah. Probably. Well, I mean, you, regardless, we typically have Duke, so we, we've had Duke in the past. So we probably still have another open game. Whatever, whatever the case may be, it's a it's a monster schedule. Yeah, it's a bad monster schedule. Hey, but that's good. That's, that's good. good. And that's that's where we want to play anyway. By the way, yeah. National brand teams, big time teams, play big time teams. You're Correct. Right. Because those you know, games get on TV, they get noticed. They so get you know what's, the, you know what's funny. That's I, what we want. This wanna is do. A, it's building off that point. It's kind of a small thing, but I've noticed it. If you watch, and I, I it's going to sound kind of a little silly, but if you watch. The local news in New York, right? Two, four, five, seven. Every time St. John's has played, we're included in the sports section, like the, in the in the in the mm. sports coverage, which had, had not happened. Okay, when St. John's played big games, they may cover it in the local news. Now, every time there's a St. John's piece when we play, they show the highlights. They do the they show the score, which I know it sounds like a small thing, like it's kind of weird, but like that's. It's a little thing. It's not. It's it's a little thing, but it's kind of big, right? That's how you get more recognition because, sure. you know, people don't – people who love college basketball watch college basketball. People who don't, don't. 
but you can get people to buy in if they see, oh, wow, St. John's is doing really well, right? I'm a New York person. St. John's is doing well. I know that because I watch the local news. Hey, I should go to a game. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll go to the game. Because, first of all, tickets are not that expensive to college basketball games. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of them, right? So there's a lot of opportunity. And if you can build your brand a little bit through something like that, I think it's a good, I think it's a good outreach, and I think it yeah. shows the Patino effect, right? They don't right. cover the team when it's not Rick Patino, and now they do. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's big. In Rick, we trust. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure. Well, this week is unfortunately light. As heavy as last week's was with the games, where we played, you know, Thursday and Friday and no Saturday, but Sunday. Uh, unfortunately, this week we've got one game, and it's Saturday, so we're going to have to wait a long time to get there. At least uh, Thanksgiving's in the middle. That's it. Thanksgiving's in the middle, uh, which is fun. There's a lot. I mean, there is a lot of basketball to watch, which is nice. Uh, I guess in a good way, we, I won't have to be upset from a St. John's loss, so I can kind of enjoy <laughs> the basketball a little bit more. Uh, but anyway, our one game this week, Saturday, Holy Cross at Carnesecca Arena, 7 p.m., also on Fox Sports 2. Holy Cross, 2-4 and four on the season. Uh, they were picked 4th in the Patriot League, so they're a you know, decent middle-of-the-pack mid-major school. Solid. Big win for them, though. <laughs> they beat Mr. Ed Cooley and the Georgetown Hoyas, 68-67, to uh, in Georgetown's home court. They hit, a, they hit a 3 with 56 seconds to go, and that sealed the victory for them. I absolutely love when Georgetown loses. I love that Ed Cooley's start to Georgetown has... Had had that involved in it, it goes like public enemy number one in the biggies. Providence hates him. I think we St. John's him. fan hate him, and now he's at Georgetown, who we really hate. Yeah, I, the Ed I, Cooley, I love nothing more the than Ed Cooley back, back at Providence is going to be like appointment Oh, oh that's yeah. that's going to be great. But Absolutely. yes, so they they Holy Cross. You know, again, this is one of the buy games. Rick Pitino was just talking about. Is it a game we should absolutely win? Yes. Is the hope that Rick Pitino's teams don't blow these games? Yes. So we're going into this similarly as we almost went to the North Texas game saying this is a, almost a, an absolute win, but I really think this is more like the Stony Brook game where this is going to be a victory. It's just a matter of making sure we take something out of it, right? Learn something from this uh, and and use this to build and mesh together. Their best player, just for note, Joe Octave is his name, 13 points per game. He also leads the team in rebounds. Uh, he's kind of a do-it-all guard, and he's the guy who hit the shot against Georgetown, 56 seconds to go to, to uh, seal that victory. So, he we got to watch out for. But I, I think you're right. I think that's going to be a game. It's that corner second. It's a game we should win, and hopefully we do. Look, we have a week get ready for it, so they, you know, they should be focused on it and uh, you know, ready to go. As long as we take care of business, we're going to win this game, baby. Yeah. So it's f- funny. Speaking of, of being prepared, the. Uh, I was I was watching the game, the Utah game. They talked about how during like walkthroughs, right, which is a normal event in college basketball, uh, they talked about how like most teams just walk through. They you know get get a feel for the arena. Well, uh, not St. John's. St. John's Rick Pitino has them practicing during the walkthrough, real practices <laughs> during the walkthrough, which I thought was great. Uh, and I think it's great because this team needs to mesh and needs every opportunity possible to play together and do things together. So the hope is that these trips to these tournaments do that as well. Um, two two and one in Charleston is, is a good outcome. We'll take that. We wish yeah. we got the yeah. matchup against Houston, Correct. but we'll take that. I mean, I kind of assumed going into the tournament that we would end up two and one, right? That's true. I That's thought true. we'd beat North Texas. I would hope when we would beat Dayton, and then I figured we probably would lose to Houston. I wanted a shot at them, but I figured we'd probably lose. That's two and one. So we got we're two and one with a different. Two well, and I one. think I think with, without it's an okay, it's a it's not if a we solid. didn't have the Michigan loss, I would say. Okay, we had a really successful tournament, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just the being in the same week, right? Yeah. You had the Michigan yeah, right. loss, which was a letdown. 
Then you're like, oh, we barely beat North Texas. I know it's a win, but right, you're like, oh, well, what happened? And then we lost to Dayton. So you're in in the three games in to start that week. You went one and two when you really thought we would go two and one. So it was like, oh, well, this is this is not great. True. Uh, Now obviously you bounce back with the win against Utah, right? Now, if you told me at the beginning of the year oh, you're going to start three and two, I would have gone. Oof! I was hoping to start four and one. Correct. That's uh, right. But again, three and two, not terrible. The hope is Michigan goes on and, and plays really well, and Dayton goes on and plays really well, and they continue to boost our out of conference now because that's all we can really hope for them. Hey, we got five games left in our non-conference, including the Holy Cross one. Hopefully, we get five wins. That would be, be great. yeah. I mean, look, if we end the non-conference at what eight? Oh, end the non-conference yeah, at eight and two. That would be pretty good. That would be pretty solid. And that would be wins against West Virginia, who's a big, uh, you know, he's a, a Big 12 team, and then Boss College with the ACC team. So that would be pretty good. That Please. is true. It is weird because you have the Xavier-UConn sandwich in the middle, but yes, the hope would be that at the end of the – when the games are done, I'm, right? I'm, I'm sorry. We have six now. I missed the Hofstra when I was just looking at it. I missed oh, yeah. it down yeah, the yeah, list. Because it's weird. It's, it's, we have the two-game sandwich between. But, yeah. You finish eight and two, I guess nine and two. Nine and two, right? Would be the hope. You finish nine and two. Your out of conference schedule is nine and two, and whatever happens in the Xavier and the UConn game, regardless, that's a solid out of conference. You you now have you hold you know you have some decent loss. Your losses to Michigan and Dayton, again, if depending on where they go, you they can don't kill build you. that schedule. They don't kill yeah, you. No. And you're looking at a, at a resume that you know is attractive. Is starting to head towards being attractive for the tournament. Which is obviously the plan, and we will have R.J. Luis for the next game. That's so right. we will have a guy that was highly praised by the coaching staff during the off season. Before he, fra- uh, I don't know if it was a fracture or broke his what, hand of some sort. Yeah. He injured his hand and it was in a uh, a soft cast. So having a guy that's a forty percent shooter that can create his own shot, it's a six seven guard. That can only help us. Sure. Yeah. So I'm I mean, very excited for that. I mean, there was, a, there was a thought he could start. So you're adding right. another right. guy who, who's a very high-level player. And listen, if we're shooting like we shot in the, the Utah game, right, and we're adding into that, you know, the hope is that that number goes up, right? You're shooting 50% from three, 53% from the field. Better shooters move that percentage up. Hard-pressed to beat, to beat, if we to lose like, the games when you're shooting above 50%. I mean, frankly, if we shoot like that, we're not going to lose very many games. Yep. And that's the hope. Hey, that's hope. I don't want to lose any games. Listen, so maybe maybe we just won't lose again. Oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> From okay now until April, we just win every game. I'm okay with that. What a world that would be. Yeah, I mean, listen, the hope would be you'd like unrealistic, up. but what a world that would be. <laughs> Certainly unrealistic. But by the way, I've I've always thought this and, and I I've always felt it's better to throw a clunker right before like the tournament or right before the Big East tournament. Because I just don't yeah. feel like you can win that many games in a row, right? right? It's true. So throw the clunker, you know, the, on March fourth, and then you can win the Big East tournament and win out, right? Hope, hopefully, we're uh, at the top of the Big East and we're like we're gonna win every way, every every game. It doesn't matter. I'm telling you, I still think you need to. Th- I still think you need to throw a clunker because it just there's. I just so feel the like clunker's coming at some. Point. That's that's what I'm saying. And, and to tell you the truth, it then becomes the story, right? Like think about Gonzaga when they were undefeated in the tournament. It was oh they're undefeated. Oh, could they stumble here? Oh, could they, right? And you don't want that pressure. If you if you blew it, oh, they're not undefeated anymore, right? But then you go right back to it. Bang! Big East tournament win, NCAA tournament win. That'd be great. Yeah. It'd also be great because we would be the best team probably in the history of college basketball, having lost only two games. In the in this you know in a big in from the Big East conference, yeah. uh, you know you got a in shot there times. of being a, a historically great team, but uh, unrealistic. Anyway, I digress. So 
That'll do it. For Craig, Tim, and Nick, I'm Vincent. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.